You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. On a scale of one to 10, how dead are you? I, I want, my question is, uh, on a scale from one to 10, how do I sound? Uh, it's like a solid six. Okay, that, that's yeah. good. That's Mind good. you, like... I th- I consider like a four to just be like an incoherent gurgling. <laughs> so, you know. <laughs> Hello, everybody. This is Travis. Hey, this is Brandon. And welcome to Apathetic Enthusiasm. Uh, we are, this we are fall, 80 per- this- 80% ready to go. We are, we are 80 to 75%. Yeah. <laughs> uh we are we are recording not on a weekend but uh, no. midweek you have you have so much going on brandon you are you are a man about town and <laughs> and you have run yourself ragged and so you're uh, you're slightly under the weather oh my god uh, the the last the last two weeks have been just just been a a whirlwind a whirlwind <laughs> of like getting in front of people and talking like uh y- so so two weeks ago, right? I did that 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 seminar for uh, leadership and communication uh, to right, a, yeah. to a group of like fifty four people uh, that I've never met before, and I'd never gotten up and talked for forty to fifty minutes in front of people like that. So that was really that was really interesting, and and uh, I I made that, and I was stressed out, but I, I did that. Um, and then like directly after that, the next day, I was also in a training class. I was trying to train to be an instructor and as part of the end uh end of course test is we had to create a lesson plan and teach it to a bunch of people <laughs> for 30 30 or so minutes. So I, I did so I did a le- lesson plan on on editing and film and that actually went pretty well. Um I used uh, some Nintendo Amiibos to Hey like I, I had are good for something. All right. I had, I had, I have the one with link where he's like, he's jumping with the sword. Right. And so I had link. Uh, and then I was like, okay, this is one scene, right? This is one, this is one shot of film and he's facing to the left. Now to the, uh, to the left of him is Diddy Kong. Who's running away. Now the way it looks is Diddy Kong is running away from link because he doesn't want to get stabbed in the skull. 
But now, if I switch them around and Diddy Kong is on the right of Link, it looks that looks like Link is trying to get away from Diddy Kong, and so that's <laughs> that's the key, that's what editing and is. And that's filmmaking. That's filmmaking. I I just made Boom. a film. You guys are all producers. <laughs> You're welcome. Uh, well, speaking of filmmaking and um, people not knowing how to do it, uh, this week we <laughs> we uh, <laughs> headed out to the movie theater for a special engagement. That was The Killing Joke, the, the killing animated joke. feature. Um, so based on the 1988 graphic novel by Alan Moore, illustrated by Brian Boland, yeah. uh, Killing Joke's kind of a classic. Um, yeah, I know. A- I, hadn't, I hadn't read it until last year. You loaned me a copy, I think. That's right. Um, but, oh, I mean, before we get into the animated feature itself, um, what what is your just general thought on the killing joke, the graphic novel, um, because it's a little bit controversial. It's a little bit, um, uh, off from maybe some of the other classic, uh, Batman stories. Yeah. Um, in general, are you a fan of it? I mean, you own a copy, but yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, I, I, when I was looking into the backlog of Batman history back in the day, um, <laughs> uh, I, uh, I'd read about the killing joke, right. And like the long Halloween and, and all, all these things. And so I I picked it up as soon as I got a chance, just so I could so I can get kind of spun up on like a major event in the the life of uh, not Batman necessarily, but um, the mythos of Batman and Joker, sure, but uh, specifically Bat Batwoman, um, Batgirl, uh, Barbara Gordon. So right. so I so I wanted to read it, and so I, I look back at it now, and and I I still like it because of the 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 relationship between Batman and Joker. I think this, this is like one that really hammered home the, like their two sides of the same coin. Right. Yeah. No, I get that. Mm -hmm. Um, and then, you know, the, the final, final couple of panels are, are really, you know, they're really great with, with Batman actually smiling. Right. And laughing along. (laughs) Right. Yeah. Uh, which, which we'll get into the the movie here shortly. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, but what, what do you, what do you think? So, so you, like I, like you said, you read it just like a year ago. Uh, not even a year ago. Um, what did you think of it when you first read it? Um, yeah, I thought it was interesting. Um, one of the things that I did enjoy about it is uh, more of getting to know sort of the backstory of the Joker. Uh, this this graphic novel attempts to sort of tell the origin story of the Joker. Um, I know that that's gone back and forth and who the Joker really is has um, sort of been argued, I think, but... <clears throat> This gives a pretty clear cut uh tale of how he becomes a joker and and it's done through like sort of black and white sepia panels and um tells about how he was a struggling comedian and, and all that stuff yeah. um, I dug that uh it was definitely an adult story with adult themes and um uh some things that are a little bit difficult to uh to read um but I think that it's it's good to sort of see that and see the um, sort of just how crazy uh, the Joker can be. I'll, yeah. I'll admit that in my head, I occasionally get the killing joke and uh, Dark Knight Returns um, a little mixed up at points. Yeah. Um, I think in part it's due to the involvement of the amusement carnival. parks. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, so the outcome at times uh, I have to go back and forth on cause they have severely different outcomes. Yeah. Um, but anyway, not to get too spoilers. 
Um, but yeah, I, I, I liked the graphic novel and I was very interested in seeing this movie and kind of seeing an animated take on it. I knew it was going to be a rated R film. You, yeah. you can't really do this movie without, um, it being rated R and, uh, and the fact that it was like, was it fathom fathom events? Yeah. Uh, decided to, uh, show this in theaters for a limited run. I think it was, it was supposed to be one night and then they ended up doing like a couple nights. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but I, I was like, Hey, this will be cool. I can go see it in the theater up on the big screen. Uh, I don't know if they did this when you saw it, but they actually opened with like an interview with Mark Hamill. Yeah. 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 I, I really, then, I really enjoyed that. I, uh, you know, cause I, I like listening to artists sit, you know, tell talk about how they got into stuff and really develop their, their character. So him talking about developing the Joker and people telling him like, don't do Jack Nicholson. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know, uh, you know I, that's, that, that's interesting to me. So I really like that, that feature. I, I didn't stick around. There's supposed to be like a, a music one after. Yeah. I, I, I stuck around for the afterward. Um, it was like a little mini doc where they talked about, uh, the, all, everybody that worked on the music, and also the musical number that takes place yeah. to- towards the towards the end of the film, which we'll we'll, we'll dig into a little bit here later. Um, but it talks about all of that and a little bit about some of the changes that they made. And uh, yeah. yeah, I yeah, I had right. thoughts. So all right, so anyway, so let's get into it. We talked about the before, we talked about the after, uh, yeah. and and I feel a little bit sorry for the after because I I was I was interested in in the after. But I wasn't interested after watching the movie. The the guy next to me got up and walked out right away. <clears throat> yeah. Like after the film. And I was like, you know, <clears throat> I the movie theater that I go to now has like recliners. In yeah. It. Yeah. And so yeah. like I, I put my feet down <laughs> and I and I thought about it for a minute. And I was like and I was like and I put my feet back up. I'm, like, I'm gonna <laughs> I'm gonna get I'm gonna get my money's worth here. I'm gonna watch yeah. this little mini doc. Um but yeah, so one one of the things that was made pretty clear before the film came out was that there would be some story changes that it was would not be like a shot for shot copy of the graphic novel in part because the graphic novel isn't that long so in order to produce a full-fledged feature out of this uh original content they had to add some more stuff and the producers decided that instead of just padding the existing story, they wanted to add um, almost an entire different story arc to the beginning to flesh out the character of Barbara Gordon uh, a little bit more and to make her make the audience connect with her, I guess, a little bit more prior to the events that take yeah. place in the original story aren't and, so and, it, it opens and, at a completely different place yeah so with that in mind i would like to present to you our listeners two completely separate reviews of what is really two separate movies two separate 30 minute shorts oh okay uh, we could do it that way <laughs> <laughs> we, uh, because uh, honestly that's that's what it is is uh so the first half of the movie is all about uh batgirl barbara gordon and and her her relationship with Batman essentially, and the second half is the Killing Joke, the graphic novel that we know, which that ends up being pretty close to shot for shot. Of the, uh, yeah, of aside the from story. a few like minimal uh, 
adjustments, it's pretty in line with with a graphic novel, the original. Exactly, exactly right. So so the first half, let's talk about the first half. The first half is all about Barbara Gordon. Uh, and what she she's the narrator for this first half. It's she's talking about how um she had a bad day or something. I don't I don't really know. There's like a there's a guy who's doing a bank robbery. Yeah, that was uh one of my first major issues the the movie starts out with her as the narrator and she's saying uh i bet you didn't expect to this story to start with me i didn't expect it either uh which you know was like right on the nose for uh yeah like i wasn't expecting that and i don't think anybody's expecting that Uh, a couple people in the theater kind of like guffawed at it even just like yeah that's this isn't how the this isn't how the story starts. What what is going on here? Um, but and and then and it goes on to um, deal with a very sort of bizarre interact or relationship between Batgirl and Batman. And personally, I don't feel that it was a a positive spin on the Barbara Gordon character uh, throughout that whole first story arc. I don't know what what did what did you think? Um, yeah, the, the, the whole back, the whole Batgirl story in the beginning is just so, it's just so unnecessary. It's absolutely unnecessary when, when combined with the actual killing joke of the tale. And, uh, so I went and saw the movie with, with Orr, my, my friend Patrick Orr, and which I'll just call him Patrick. I don't need, we're not in the military. I'm going to say last (laughs) You don't need the last Uh, name. Uh, so... So Pat had had never read the the story, so he didn't know anything about it. And uh, afterwards, he's like, "Yeah, I was wondering what was going on with this. Uh, I thought the movie was called The Killing Joke, not uh, the Batgirl um, random bank story robbery. arc. <laughs> <laughs> the Batgirl random solving bank robbery crime half an hour. Uh, in and that was that that was the my biggest problem with it because the whole thing is uh, there's a guy." Uh, who's a mobster's nephew who's taking over the family business and he's he's objectifying Batgirl Par- and he's Paris France or something or yeah Paris France Paris France and he's and he's being so he's being very intentionally rapey and at some point in time Batman's like oh they they just they objectify you um and then and then Barbara and Batman have sex so spoiler there's that there's yeah. that thing which is so weird it's so weird and it's <clears throat> It's one of those things where it was it was hard like leading up to it to figure out how Barbara was interpretate and in, interpreting her relationship with Batman. Like it seemed like she was talking to her coworker at the library in in code like that she's seeing someone, but re- I I couldn't tell if she was just trying to use that to cover up what she was actually doing. But at the same time, you're kind of like, well, does she really have feelings for Batman? And this is just some, like, her way of being close to him. And then, like, the sex scene comes out of nowhere. And I don't know. It just, it it didn't make Batgirl or Barbara Gordon, um, like, a more interesting character to me. It just kind of made me, like, dislike the way that they were portraying her. Like her basically getting roofied by Paris France yeah. and like it, being incapacitated, not being able to handle herself in that situation. Yeah. 
her yeah. her her like basically just like following Batman around and and after the sex scene just like basically being disregarded and cast aside and all that like it, it objectified her in sort of all these negative ways yeah and yeah, then I, I'm supposed to like care more about her later on for the actual killing joke part when she's shot and then again sexually assaulted and it's yeah. like I don't it just it didn't work for me at all yeah it, it didn't didn't work at all and I kept thinking like how old is Barbara supposed to be in this in this film because she's she's acting like she's acting like a 16 year old you know yeah she had i got kind of like a like a college student vibe off of her and so then when she was like working at a library i was like okay so maybe she's like mid to late 20s but again it's animation it's hard to to tell all that stuff right so the, 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 the story really boiled down to um her schoolgirl crush on batman and wanting to have something with having a relationship with Batman. That's kind of where, where it was. And and Batman creeped me out. And I think, I think what bothered me a little bit about this, this movie, uh, specifically that the first part is that, uh, Batman, you know, he's, he's supposed to take the moral high ground most of the time. Right. Yeah. And yet he let, he lets himself, he knows it's wrong to have, to have sex with, with Barbara. And, he he just lets it lets it happen. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I don't know. Um, it's it, that was really rough, and it didn't. I know that the intent is to then increase the drive for Batman to sort of seek revenge uh, from the Joker based on what he does to Barbara. Um, but it just it it fell flat for me. I didn't I didn't think it was a good choice. Um story-wise and again just the the two sides the two the split is so forced where you move into the actual killing joke yeah it just it just the, felt like a separate story to me the the way they tried to tie it thematically which they did a terrible job was batman has a conversation with her about how she's she's not really ready for it she's still just playing and because she's never really been to the edge right and they they tried to shoehorn that uh into there be like see like her journey is kind of like uh what batman's gonna go through and her dad's gonna go through in the next half uh but once it got to the end of this that was it went away once it left her point of view it was just it was gone poof yeah um and so what i want to do travis real quick this is a, a fun little exercise i want you um to because this the first half it could have been any story it could have been any tale about Batgirl and it it would have been just as relevant uh for the film. So or the exercise <laughs> Yes. So with that in mind, Travis, I want you to tell me a story that precedes the actual killing joke featuring Batgirl, aka Barbara Gordon. Go. Uh okay. Uh so uh Batgirl is out on the streets of Gotham. It's late at night. Uh, she's tracking down uh, a small band of thieves who have just left a uh, subway restaurant <laughs> and and she she gets really hungry and decides that she wants a sandwich uh, but but she she really doesn't like Jared from subway because of everything that went down with him and she has to take the moral high ground so she uh, instead goes to a submarina 
which may yeah. only be a, a regional uh, sub sandwich place <laughs> in Southern California. <laughs> but um, no, maybe she calls Jimmy John's, you know? Oh, yeah. And But this band of thieves hits the Jimmy John's driver. And uh, and so she decides to give up her life of crime fighting because right. too many sandwich artists could get hurt in the process. <laughs> and that that's just as perfect a reason to roll into the killing joke as any. <laughs> uh, I, I'm gonna I'm gonna do this a little bit too. Um, so the the film actually starts out, and Barbara is she's at a yoga class, and. Uh, she's she's actually she's in the front row right because she likes being at the front row of yoga she doesn't re- she doesn't want to like see other people doing it right because she she doesn't care about them she wants to know that she she's needs doing to focus it. on focused. her own yeah 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 she she wants to focus on breathing and stuff like that uh, but uh so during this class she hears hears a noise in the background and it's a it's a it's like just like a shuffling like a so she turns around and there's this there's this like little little baby there's like a little baby <laughs> but the baby has like uh those like little willy shoes and i say like the and it's weird because like the baby can't actually roll because the but the wheelie shoes are on its knees right because it's crawling and so the <laughs> that's the wheelie shoes on on the floor and she turns around and she says hey baby well you got the wheelie shoes on and the baby's like she's like oh let's find your your mom and dad so she she picks up the wheelie baby um she goes to the front desk and like oh yeah the the parents just came they they lost the wheelie baby because the wheelie baby gets around so fast because of the wheels. <laughs> and uh, so they just waited there for like five minutes. And then the parents came. And they're like, oh, my God, thank you so much. Oh, we're so worried. Thanks for not calling uh, Child Protective Services. And Barbara's like, no problem. And then she has sex with later, Batman. <laughs> she has a sex with Batman. Just as relevant to the next half of the movie. Yeah. All right. Okay. okay. So speaking of the next half, in, of the in, movie. in other words, we didn't feel that the uh, added content was was on par. Uh, the killing joke, as we know it. So this is where the producers get back into the source material. They they start to tell the story. A lot of the same sequences and scenes from are lifted right out of the panels of the book. Um, this is some of the stuff and the way that they did it. Uh, I really enjoyed. I I, yeah. I genuinely liked. Uh, I I know we mentioned Mark Hamill earlier, but um, the the voice acting, uh, not not just for the Joker, but um, Batman. Uh, I I liked it. I I thought I thought they did a pretty good job. Mm-hmm. Um, I I don't know. I was never like a fan of Batman, like the animated series. Like not, I don't, I don't, oh. <laughs> I, I know con- confession time. Uh, I'm not, sa- oh. I'm not, <laughs> how dare you? I'm not saying I disliked it. I just was never like a regular viewer of it. So for me, like this, this style of animation, this, this, uh, this content was, it, it's not pulling me into any like, nostalgia for those those other that other work does that make sense yeah so there are times when this style of animation uh it still feels a little i don't know like cheesy or juvenile for the type of story or content that they're trying to get across does that make sense Mm -hmm. um 
So, so yeah. So um, most of the story goes along. I, I'm, I'm not, I don't want to recap the story of the Killing Joke. Um, I want to, I want to say about the the art style, right? That so it's similar to Batman the Animated Series. Yeah, it's not, it's not, it's not the same. Um, and and some of it in, so, uh, Pat and I had commented just about how bad some of it is. Like, yeah. The, bad like they like they rushed it or something yeah no i i that was what i was going to talk about too is there are times where it's very stiff like the the movement of the characters doesn't feel natural and and there's at least one scene where it looks like they literally just re-rolled the same cells like uh, animation cells or whatever (laughs) you know i don't maybe this is done digitally now and i'm just dating myself but um yeah, and just like replay the exact same animation to sort of like save time or or kind of rush <laughs> through stuff, and I don't know that that was really frustrating me. Just to, well, as like, a fan like of animation, like the musical numbers, the, the, the musical, musical numbers. Num- okay, can we just talk about the musical number? Yeah, let's just let's get let's just get into it. Okay, there is a scene. Uh, it is a very climactic scene in the graphic novel where the Joker is working on breaking Commissioner Gordon. He is. The entire plan here is to show how one really bad day could make someone even as noble as Commissioner Gordon uh, as crazy as the Joker. And the the Joker is no different than these people. Uh, In that scene, in the graphic novel, uh, the Joker sings a song. The the lyrics are written out in the book. Um, But when you're reading it, you don't, you don't, uh, to disregard that. Someone's <laughs> trying. Someone's trying to call us to interrupt. Uh, your point. How how dare they? Uh, <laughs> so someone is, or I'm not. Someone's calling. See, they did. They interrupted me. They they See, they, 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 they got me off. <laughs> um, no. So that song, when you read it, you don't you don't really have a melody in your head. You don't you don't have the words. This the the tone. You know all the stuff. Yeah. Um, you just kind of are reading this, this poem almost. So, uh, they, the producers are then forced to come up with a way to animate the sequence and actually create a song. Um, what did you think of the musical sequence in the <laughs> uh, killing joke animated feature? So you, you haven't played the Arkham Asylum games. No, I have not. Uh, but there's a point in the Arkham Asylum games where uh, the Joker is singing a, a pretty funny and pretty sinister song, and and that's that's the way this scene in the movie should have been. Is it should have been, you know, it's okay, it's okay to change up some some lyrics so long as you make it a sinister type uh, type song. And so at this point in the movie, when Commissioner Gordon is supposed to be like freaking out and like, oh, he's almost. Ooh, he's, he's almost he's, he's on the cusp of breaking yeah it's like it's like a funny song like not even a, it's like a funny goofy out of place song it feels like the animaniacs showed up with like freakazoid and we're like <laughs> let's do yeah. a funny song now and yeah. and and realist like he's got these uh circus freaks right that are his henchmen at this point and they're doing like really bad goofy like dancing behind him and stuff (laughs) and and they they deal with this scene 
in that documentary that you walked out on afterwards where they talk about the music. Yeah. And it killed me because in the documentary, they're, they're talking about how well that went and like the brilliance of the storyboard artist that like blocked out the whole scene and how great it all went together at this pivotal moment. And all, and I'm in my head, I'm like, that was no. hot garbage. Like that was <laughs> terrible. What are you talking about? Did you see the movie? Because you have no idea. Um, and yeah, I just, I feel like at that point where it should really feel intense it should show like really the level of how disturbed the joker is in singing this song and you know you can sing a song and 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 it even be upbeat but the tone of it feel you know creepy or yeah, yeah. or something Sinister. like that yep mm-hmm. and uh and they just completely they... missed that note so to speak yes uh and, and and so it I feel like it ruined that that part of the movie for me. And yep. and if it the in this sequence where it's the big reveal that of what the Joker did to to Barbara, it just kind of I don't know, it just took me out of it. And I I wasn't I wasn't creeped out and I wasn't like, oh gosh, like you know, I can't believe this is happening or or feeling for Commissioner Gordon because he's yeah. dealing with this traumatic thing. Uh, it's just I couldn't stand the fact that the Joker was dancing the exact same way, you know, <laughs> stiffly sideways because yeah. they just use the same animation sequence you, twice. You you really you really should look up the Arkham Asylum Joker song because it really is okay. It's, it's uh, Mark Hamill just in comparison does so so well in that series, so well in like where you're like God, he's such an evil evil person, but he's so funny. Yeah, and uh, and I I don't I don't blame Mark Hamill in the least. No, no, for no, this because no. it's not his script. It, he he does a good job with everything he's given, um, and I don't feel like his delivery of the song necessarily was the issue for me. No, not I think at all. that the way the song was written and musically was part of it, and then just kind of the style of the animation. It just. Um, yeah, it felt yeah, no, it I'm, felt really cheesy for I'm something that this, should be serious. I'm not blaming it at all on on him. Uh, you know, like I said, he didn't write the script. He's just he's reading he's reading the words, and he he does good with what he has. But the the filmmakers, the the animators, didn't do a good job of of translating what should have been a very creepy kind of jokey thing yeah, to to the yeah. screen. Yeah, you know, I, I, and it's. Okay, so everybody, some of the some of the greatest jokers of all time, uh, obviously you have Nicholson, but then Heath Ledger is also always brought up in conversation when you talk about cinematic jokers. Um, there was a, there was a way that Heath Ledger would do things that were silly or 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 funny, but it kind of creeped you out at the same time. Yeah. Uh, if they could have done something like that in that scene, then I feel like you get across the right message. They went full silly and I didn't feel like any of the, the creepiness <laughs> yeah. was there. And yeah. so I think that's what, what really yeah. just kind of took me out of it. Yep. Uh, yep. What would you, what'd you think? Uh, just pushing ahead. Uh, the, the climactic moment moment, really, really my favorite panels of, of the, the graphic novel 
the when the Joker and him they're they're just standing outside in the rain, and the Joker tells him a tells Batman a joke. What did you, how did you what do you think page compared to film? How those how those went? I th- I think that maybe um I think it, it maybe works a little bit better in the graphic novel. Um but in in the film you you get you get a gradual breaking of Batman where he like he's 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 still stoic for a minute there where he's like I'm not gonna laugh at the Joker's joke, right? Yeah. And then he kind of thinks about it for a minute and you see him break a little bit. I feel like he gets a little too loose towards the end when he's like barroom buddy, like patting the Joker and being like, <laughs> yeah. because at this point in, in the, in the graphic novel, we basically kind of looked away from them. Right. Like it's, it's more of just hearing them laughing and stuff like that. Yeah. Uh, and and in the film after that happens, they laugh for a minute and then it just kind of cuts and it yeah. like throws the title card back up. Um, Bat- Batman just lasts for, uh, in the movie, he just lasts for too long. Yeah. He, he, la- he lasts for too long and it's like, uh, Kevin Conroy, it just, it's not convincing at all. Yeah. 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 <laughs> right. Or it's just like, uh, have you ever, have you ever tried laughing without smiling? Oh yeah, yeah. We used yeah. to do that all the time. <laughs> yeah, like that's that's what Kevin Conroy sounds like he's doing. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Uh, uh, so yeah, it does, doesn't have that same impact. And uh, in the in the, the graphic novel, you know, some people read that as actually that's Batman killing the Joker. Right? Is is like that's that's his last that's his last joke. His his last killing. laugh. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> um. And and you don't have that ambiguity, obviously, in in this film. Yeah, I uh, there's there's another bit of it's sort of a hot topic right now for people that have seen the movie. Hot uh, topic. Yeah, it's that's where you buy all the trendy T-shirts and um, I don't know novelty gifts. Um, Sell out for <laughs> me. Oh yeah. Sell out. Uh, but that's sort of um, the way that they the filmmakers made some choices about uh i guess the sexuality of the joker um there there's obviously the scene where he comes in after he's shot barbara and takes these pictures of her um there's always sort of the implied notion that maybe he sexually abuses her um yeah. like that there's rape involved um but it's it's not explicitly stated uh, there's an added scene in the movie where Batman goes and questions some prostitutes who talk about, yeah. oh, usually, uh, like the Joker comes here first to see us before it's even on the news that he's gotten out. Like it, like the first thing he's got to do is get some before, get some, you get know, some strange. And then, and then one of the girls says, yeah, we had we never we didn't, never saw him. Maybe he got he's got a new girl now. With with basically a heavy-handed implication that he he that Barbara Gordon is that girl. Yeah. Uh that I don't I've never thought of the Joker as asexual necessarily. 
but something about that just kind of felt wrong and and sort of unneed like i don't know why that was a necessary addition for the film like i don't i i don't see what you take away from that by 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 forcing that in there yeah Um, it just it didn't make sense to me why that needed to be added so um i don't know any other like main critiques or or maybe something that you liked like something that you particularly did enjoy about the film uh no that's a tough one i didn't (laughs) really uh i I like that they tried to get batman anime series type animation but they they didn't um i i it took me out of it a lot of times because like uh in the 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 flashbacks for the joker he was like you know before he became the joker and he's in like this bar right and he's talking to these mobsters and there's people in the background like uh at the bar right mm-hmm. one guy's looking down at his whiskey glass glass another guy's in the background with a woman right and while all this stuff is this dialogue's going on with the joker and these mobsters the animate like it's just those people in the background are just they don't move the one guy is staring at his whiskey glass for the five minute scene <laughs> in the exact same way yeah and yeah. i'm like the they couldn't have just like made made him like move his head every once in a while. Yeah, even that yeah. even that would have given me a little bit. Um, but that that goes back to that whole that blocky thing. Overall, the the movie it's just God they they must have like rushed it or something because it's just not very good. And and Brian Azzarello who wrote um, who wrote the film and he added the Batgirl stuff. He's done good stuff. Uh, he wrote uh, Luther like Lex Luther. Um, the Joker, he did that, and uh, he's uh, he's done some other stuff too. Um, but you know, like Luther is a really good one because it's all about like it's it's from Luther's perspective where he's like he is the good guy of the story, right. and Superman yeah. is the bad guy. Yeah. Uh, and and he, for whatever reason, he failed miserably with the Barbara stuff because he he took away all her agency for for a lot of it. There's this uh, the film school rejects article by jane rigetti i think uh, i retweeted it on on ours in s4a uh, and she pretty much talks about like the misogyny inherent in what the killing joke presented yeah and i yeah. and i have i have no issues agreeing with every single one of her salient points <laughs> uh i the final thing that i want to cover a little bit um do you want to give us do you want to give us a review before we talk about some outside stuff that's not specific to the film like like rate one to ten. What what do you give the Killing Joke? Uh, four. Yeah, I I can't go. I I thought about a four as well. Uh, because yeah. it it doesn't even feel like a five to me. Like it's I feel like there there were like, moments that worked, but overall I feel like they missed the point too too often for yeah. me to. Like I would, I really, I wouldn't recommend it to someone no. to see. <laughs> like, go read, uh, go read the graphic novel and I, and let that be your experience. I went into the Monopalhana uh, Facebook little chat group and I was like, "Don't see a Killing Joke." Yeah, yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, so I was originally supposed to see it Monday, uh, and and Patrick had the back out, so we ended up seeing it Tuesday. And I thought about it uh, Monday, like, well, I'll go see it tonight and then I'll see it again tomorrow. And the reason I picked a four. Is because with at least a five, I'd be like, okay, yeah, I'd, I'd go watch it again. Yeah, uh, I'd, I'm okay with watching it again. 
but if I had seen it that 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 Monday night, I would have been like, "Yeah, dude, yeah." I'm let's I, not, I'm sorry, I can't. Let's save your money. Let's not go. <laughs> and that that's really and, what. And realistically, a, a I mean, we went and saw it at what was considered a special event, right? This was not intended for theatrical release. It's a direct to digital, direct to Blu-ray uh, film. So obviously the budget wasn't there to make this like a, a, a real theatrical motion picture. Um, but I mean, they still could have, they could have done something else with it. So uh, yeah. we're not the only ones that have criticisms. Uh, this was actually screened for fans of Batman out at uh, San Diego Comic-Con. Uh, they did get an early look at it. There was also a panel with uh, the de- one of the producers, I think, of, of the movie. Uh, they did a Q&A for the film, oh. and there were, there were a lot of questions about some of the choices that were made. Yeah. Uh, one of them was very blunt about the sexualization and uh, the way that they sort of objectified Barbara Gordon more so than even the Joker may have. Um, and the producer got like really pissed. The, there's, there's articles out there. I don't, I don't have a reference with me right now that kind of depict exactly what took place in the panel. But uh, I think he like called the, one of the guys asking the question, like a pussy or something for like criticize, <laughs> like at the panel, like no and got really defensive about it. So it's already the film already has kind of been released with some bad press and bad media surrounding it. Um, I, I, I have an issue with the filmmakers sort of blind eye or disregard to some of these really legitimate questions that people have about the choices being made. Obviously people are artists. We're artists. Like people make content and they live with the decisions they made uh sometimes they make bad decisions intentionally sometimes <laughs> unintentionally uh but i feel like you have to own those decisions uh yeah. most of the time so if you made a mistake be like you know what you're right we didn't we didn't see that but there i've read a few articles out there now where where people ask like why did you add these scenes why did why did you why did you um reinforce the idea of rape and uh, yeah. and sexual assault when it didn't even need to like it's already present you don't have to like yeah reinforce it even more they're uh <laughs> and they're like I mean, oh they're... i didn't even think it was really really bad i didn't i didn't really notice that batman says to batgirl they're <coughs> they're objectifying you right and then after then after batgirl she puts up her cape and cowl uh it shows her jogging back to her home and and the camera starts at her but as she's jogging and pans up, yeah. uh, the animators focused, are objectifying her. <laughs> they are actively objectifying her. And, and it, that this, a similar shot happens like just a few seconds later when she's in her apartment where it's like starts from the bottom and goes up like, well, guys, that's, that's a conscious, this is the same thing I was talking about in my editing, my yeah, editing yeah. That's, you know, that's lecture a... is like, it is a conscious decision. Filmmaking is inherently biased. So if you put in a scene in there and you keep the scene in there, that is you actively trying to get a, an elicit a, a specific response. And well, if you're and not, especially with animation, because it's not like you're just pointing a camera at an actress yeah. and being like, let's yeah. try it this way. And now let's try it another way. 
like people are drawing those panels like people yeah. are, are are drawing those you know frames and you don't you don't do anything by accident in animation yeah. you know everything you have to do intentionally because it takes absolutely a lot right. of work to make anything happen um absolutely right. so yeah so when the producers in those articles and, and in some of the news that I, that i've read about it were just sort of like oh i didn't i didn't ever read it that way or i never really thought of it as being uh i really they're just really dismissive about a lot of the criticism and i feel like yeah i i know that it's hard to have someone uh criticize your work like that but don't don't act like it's not in there yeah you know so, just because <laughs> you you put it in there it's so. a little it's a little tone deaf right exactly uh the the film school rejects article basically concludes that we need to have this this shows that we need to have more female writers to yeah. write for female characters instead of instead of fridging women essentially yeah uh and and uh i, I say that but the, the trailer for wonder woman we talked about this a little bit last week like there you go that's like that is a tale of female empowerment and it ends on a, on a notion of female empowerment and so we need you know like I don't know. Uh, yeah, I, I just think that I know that you are typically the voice for female empowerment day to day, but I, I understand what you're saying. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyway, okay, so that's a killing joke. It's it's available now digitally. I think this Tuesday. Well, this comes out on Tuesday. I think that's you right. can also get it on Blu-ray. Uh, that's right. If if you if you want. But we encourage you to save your money. Go buy a comic book instead. Um, <laughs> something like that. Uh, speaking of comics, speaking of conventions, Honolulu Comic Con uh, this last weekend. I would ask you how it went, but we're recording before it's actually happening. So, <laughs> yeah. you know, I, let's I do the time tea. warp again. Tea before that. <clears throat> um, but yeah, so you're doing a panel. You're doing yep. a... What, what is the official title of your panel? Uh, the official title is uh, Podcasting, Finding Your Voice or something like that. Okay. Uh, uh, you, you've got Dallas from Monopauhana on there. Yes, yes. And Co Cosplayer, photographer extraordinaire. Extraordinaire. Um, and, and hopefully, because of the time that this went out, I'm hoping it went well. <laughs> uh, I'm, I'm sorry I can't be there. I did uh, look up how much a plane ticket from Omaha to Honolulu that's, is. That's good. That's um, good. It is not in the current budget for the show. <laughs> I, I, even if you'd flown out, I probably wouldn't have been able to get you in. That's a good point. No, we, uh, I'd have gotten into that show. Uh, I'd, because, have got, I'd have gotten into that show. Because I, I want to apologize to, to the event organizer uh, who has who has done a little bit of uh, finagling to, to account for the changes that I gave her at the last minute. <laughs> and she was, you know, I, I feel for them for people who are, are putting on events and then people at the last minute are like hey actually uh my co-host isn't patrick it's it's dallas uh you know and so then like Surprise. you have to like re reprint that yeah. so anyways wouldn't have gotten you in. uh well so okay. all right so you brought some recording equipment with you to the comic-con you're bringing yeah. it I, yeah i keep switching between past and present tense it's it's super confusing <laughs> um but yeah uh there were you're recording for this event so if you want to hear the podcasting panel uh audio that will be released in a special bonus episode assuming that there wasn't like a fire or like your your recording <laughs> equipment 
like you forgot to turn it on or something like that. Yeah. So assuming all every all boss also all possibilities. Uh, avoiding Murphy's Law, then there will be bonus content this week uh, of the podcast panel. Um, yes. Hopefully, you got a chance to go out to that event if you're in Hawaii. If you did get to check it out, uh, hopefully you said hi to Brandon. <laughs> uh, he was probably busy doing something, I'm sure. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, if and let us know what what you thought. If you, if you had fun, what was your what was your favorite thing out there? If you went to the panel, tell us all about it. Tell us tell us how great Brandon was. Uh, I look forward to listening to it because I didn't get to be there. Uh, yeah. And then the Killing Joke. If you saw it, if you paid good hard money to <laughs> to go see the Killing Joke, or or maybe you downloaded it and you you liked it, you loved it, and you think we're idiots, uh, <laughs> or or you agree with our commentary, we'd love to hear that as well. Uh, you can share that info with us at Facebook on our Facebook page at. Uh, Facebook.com slash apathetic enthusiasm show on Twitter. We're always checking the tweets at apathusiast and on Instagram, apathetic underscore enthusiasm. You can find links to all of our social stuff as well as the YouTube channel and an occasional blog that we will or will not write. <laughs> um, all that stuff's over at apathetic enthusiasm.com. You can also find all of our podcast episodes links to iTunes and Stitcher where you can go give the show a five-star review if you happen to like it. All kinds of fun stuff. So uh, please go do that. And yeah, what else, Brandon? Is that it? I, I covered that, it that, all. That's it. I just got to get prepared for this weekend. <clears throat> okay. Which you, means which means a lot of tea and medicine. You get some rest. <laughs> you, we don't need you being patient zero at the, at the convention. True that. Um, but yeah, so good luck. Thank you. And uh, we will talk to you next week. Uh, Suicide Squad. Suicide Squad. More DC. Uh, it's, All right. is it, will it be the first good DC movie of the year? We'll, we'll see. We'll see. No predictions. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, until then, I'm Travis. And I'm Brandon. And we will talk to you next time. All right. See you guys later. Cue to music. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.